Hello All Beer Inside listeners, we here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 133 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on June 10th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are diverting from beer, uh, but we're back in the Kanata area, and we're at Oham Craft Spirits with Adam. Hi, everyone. Hi. Uh, so you're owner and distiller of all... all I'm going to keep saying Oham, <laughs> I know it. Oham Spirits, right? Yes, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so thank you very much for hosting us today, taking time out of your clearly busy schedule to speak with us about your, uh, your distilled products, your distilled alcohols, mostly gin from what I can tell. Uh, and I look forward to uh, trying the products. Uh, so let's start with the first one you got here on the tasting list. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, thank you for joining us. Yeah. So uh, yeah, here at, at Odin Craft Spirits, we're uh, approaching everything with a very local flair, right? And uh, drawing on a little bit of Irish inspiration. So uh, this first spirit is called Cochin. It's in the, the green label. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, is, this is a very Irish spirit. It was actually okay. uh, illegal in Ireland for quite some time. Uh, it's uh, a barley recipe. We've added a little bit of corn, a little bit of oat. Uh, the style is characterized with that grassy aroma. Mm. Yeah, you can all get that in the nose. Yeah, and that's uh, that's usually where people decide if they're already going to like it or not. <laughs> oh, as we do, a toast. Cheers. Mm. No, like that crazy, you know, with the cheaper alcohols, it's just like all ah, burn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, this is forty five percent, and uh, uh, that smoothness. Uh, when, when we talk about smoothness, we don't realize what we're actually talking about is sulfur content. Okay. And it's that sulfur that causes the burn in your throat. Uh, ethanol is more of a chest-warming, <laughs> tongue-drying sensation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we achieve that smoothness with a really uh, religious cleaning program of, of the copper in the still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine the, the... We'll get to that later about the difficulties of how just getting equipment alone <laughs> yes, what it is. So, um, awesome. So, what made you decide to uh, own and operate a distillery and craft kind of tasting room, bottle shop, cocktail bar? Of course, yeah. So, uh, part of it was uh, uh, I, I wanted to find something that represented Ottawa. I, I've had this passion to to start a business for a while. I wasn't clear on on what that was going to be just yet, mm-hmm. but uh, I was very fortunate in my previous job uh, to travel a fair bit, and through those travels. I found that the best way to take in local culture was through bars and restaurants and grocery stores, more so than just you know paying admission at a museum. And uh, and so when I would return, I, I was like, okay, where is Ottawa's equivalent to this? Not necessarily, you know, I've been to Italy. Where's the best Italian restaurant here? But where's the best Ottawa version of this or or that? And so I, I dabbled at home a little bit with home brewing, with winemaking. Uh, I ultimately decided that spirits was probably where I wanted to be because there were so few, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I did uh, two certificates in this to make sure that I really knew what I was doing. Uh, of course, uh, owning a still is illegal unless you get the license. <laughs> and, uh, and so I wanted to learn on somebody else's equipment before really diving into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very cool. So home passion project to going out in there and doing it. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All, it looked like the stars had aligned in 2019, and so that's where we really put rubber to road. But, uh, uh, of course, we know what 2020 was like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's uh, so interesting because we're at the point where I believe we've interviewed businesses that 
were like 50-50 where businesses were open before the pandemic versus mm. businesses that opened during the pandemic. Right. It's, uh, it's nice that you're here now. Um, I'm guessing somewhat successful. You're getting pretty yeah, good turnover. Well, <laughs> You're in a pretty decent area. You got a Costco across the street. That's so. exactly it. Yeah, we we're we're very uh, very happy to finally be open. Mm -hmm. uh, we we opened in September 2021. We find the main hurdle though is uh, we were thrown a bunch of lockdowns in Ontario, and uh, it was hard to convince people to go out of their normal way when uh, the government was telling them to stay at home. So uh, we're we. Feel that now that the restrictions have lifted and people feel happy about going outside and coming into places, uh, this is now when we're really starting to open. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been fantastic because we've had uh, pretty much three private events booked every every week for the last month. That's awesome. Uh, we uh, we open up the doors to the production space. We we do a tour. Uh, we lay up some charcuterie in the back, and uh, and then yeah, it's 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 a great time. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And uh, like you said, you. Just Oh crap! The pandemic. Well, let's keep chugging along. I'm, you know, at this point, you know, you kettle pot committed. Uh, it's a lot of money you invest. You can't just give it up. Right? That's exactly you don't wanna, it. Yeah. Especially in Canada, it's, you don't want to be declaring bankruptcy before your business even opens. Exactly. Yeah. So. And that, there were some very serious conversations at home about: okay, do we just cut our losses yeah. and and roll this up before it even started, or do we press on? I'm very happy that that we pressed on because now we we form partnerships and uh, uh, you know, found unique ingredients and created spirits that mm -hmm. you can't find anywhere else in the city and to some extent you can't find anywhere else in Canada. That's awesome. Yeah. Love to hear that. Uh, Aham's pretty unique name. What, what made you decide to, to name the distillery that and not you know, Adam's or your last name, which <laughs> exactly, we're not gonna yeah. mention. You know, uh, it's like, why not just Adam's Craft Spirits and why Aham? Of course, yeah. So uh, I had, uh, so uh, my, my family, sorry, on the microphone, my ha family yeah. had, uh, has Irish his, uh, ancestry. Okay. And uh, so uh, uh, we went there to kind of retrace our roots. And I had this, uh, this very strong uh, connection and experience over there with the Oum alphabet. And uh, Oum translates to alphabet in Irish. Okay. Uh, you, you may catch me say uh, Ogum on occasion. Yeah. It's just a little more Anglo-friendly, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so every character in Oum is actually named after a different tree that grows in Ireland. And so these, these ancient people going back to before 400 AD built an entire written language around plant life, trees that, that grow in Ireland. And so uh, we've taken that kind of, uh, that really local approach, that local inspiration and said, okay, if we create a distillery, everything has to be local. And, uh, you know, there's uh, all of the grain that we use in our spirits comes from farmers in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, we have uh, our seasonal product we'll get to in a moment is 100% mm -hmm. maple sap. And um, the, uh, the farm is just in, in Balderson. Cool. Yeah. You know, I, I try and I always try and support a local company when it comes to beverages and food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I buy crap off Amazon all the time that I just can't get here. So... It is both, but primarily a majority of my paycheck outside, obviously necessary living is local products. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you, a place like yours comes in is, yeah, great. I can buy yours or uh, even the guys from Trailer Park Boys, they make uh, a whiskey. So it's like, well, you know, I'm supporting a whiskey distillery out from Newfoundland. At least to me, it's still a local company. Exactly. So. It, uh, keeping the dollars in Canada yeah. is very important. And, uh, and so when you come into us, for example, 
you know, you spend your money with us. Mm -hmm. This money then gets passed on to local farmers, and uh, you know, the, the labels are printed uh, locally. The the tops are are uh, from a company in Oakville, right? Like it, we're yeah. we spend a lot of money in Canada keeping uh, uh, keeping our product. Yeah, that's so important to me uh, as as a Canadian. You know, I'm. I'm a very prideful Canadian. I know we have our problems, but still it's like, I'd much rather be in Canada right now than some other places in the world from mm -hmm. all the things I've seen. Yes, we have problems, mm -hmm. but still it's, it's, I'm a proud Canadian and will always be one. So of course, yeah, I, yeah, at yeah, least in my mind, uh, you know, if the opportunity comes up and like, Hey, move to Scotland for a crazy <laughs> job. I'm like, Oh, I'm Scottish now. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's always about supporting local. And like you said, just getting your local farmers, all your local, I'm guessing uh, malts, barley's, wheat, and all that stuff, uh, juniper, since it is gin, yeah. it's all local farmers. Exactly. And even yeah. if it's not, let's say, Ontario, you got Quebec right next door, or if you have to travel you know, around, at least it's there. So. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Continuing on the uh, Canadian-owned or local, uh, you mentioned pre-show your distill. Exactly, yes, yeah. We, uh, again, approaching this from that Canadian mm -hmm. uh, uh, point of view, we wanted to make sure that all the equipment was made in Canada. Yeah. And so we worked with a specific mechanical out in BC, and now we can boast that we actually have the only Canadian-made system awesome. in Eastern Ontario. So uh, that's, a, that's a big point of pride for us. It's, a, of course, a beautiful piece of work, yeah. and, and when you come into the distillery yourself, it's right there, yeah. right? It, it, it greets you the same time yeah. as the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, what's this next beverage I'm going to be trying? Right on. So next, uh, we're going to go into the pot still gin. Okay. Uh, so this is actually our only product that is gin. Mm -hmm. uh, gin is uh, made with the juniper berry. It's the only mandatory ingredient. Mm -hmm. uh, the pot still style is different from London Dry. Mm -hmm. So you'll find this isn't as piney on the nose. It's a little floral, if yeah. anything. Uh, it's not even very piney on the palate. Uh, we, again, using local botanicals. Uh, for this batch, we actually picked the juniper in Mississippi Mills. And uh, we use coriander and orris root. That gives us almost like a citrusy peppercorn kind of profile. Cool. Uh, because it was only double distilled before we directly infused the botanicals, and then it becomes a triple distilled spirit, um, you'll find it smoother on your tongue than a London Dry would be. Awesome. Cheers. A toast. Once again, that's always like my nervousness about trying um, kind of local or higher end products is I'm just so used to kind of intro like let's say you know jack daniels and all that stuff sure yeah where you just get the ethanol burn <laughs> or the sulfur burn and now it's like part of my mind's like you're gonna get the burn and you're like oh it's not there sweet so <laughs> yeah i'm getting like the berries too on, on my aftertaste so. yeah yeah and and so uh we find this is uh, definitely the most recognizable product mm -hmm. that we produce some people are willing to actually come in and just grab a bottle off the shelf without even tasting it whereas everything else that we do is a little outside of the norm and yeah. so they definitely want to try it uh, the uh, but again, you know, it, it's a completely different gin. Some people remark that it's uh, more flavorful than the standard brands. Yes. Some people remark that it's not as flavorful as the standard brands. But in both cases, we're finding it, it's kind of a gateway gin. And yeah. so for people who are rediscovering gin or, or uh, uh, looking for another option, some people have never tried it. Mm -hmm. This is a really nice way of starting to explore that. Because, of course, you know, in, in Quebec especially, the gin scene is booming. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and there are so many to try now, and everybody has their own nice little uh, twist on them, right? Yep. And uh, it's, it's wild right now. Yeah. Like, just they're popping up left, right, and center, and I'm like, I can't, don't have time to interview all of them. <laughs> so it's uh, it's great. Like you know, the, I'm finding that we are starting to get more 
breweries, cideries, distilleries, vineyards across Canada mm -hmm. as a whole, because I'm assuming that the local government, Ontario, Quebec, are like, oh, here's business opportunity and tax money for us. Well, exactly, so, yeah. And th that was one of the things that definitely enabled this distillery to open, mm -hmm. because when I started preparing my business plan, uh, now 10, almost 11 years ago, uh, the, the there were very uh, punitive measures in place if you wanted to start a small distillery. Mm -hmm. And uh, over time, they changed some of the definitions, they relaxed the tax, uh, they allow us to sell at farmers markets now, for example. Yeah. And, uh, and it's all those little things that gradually welcomes businesses like these. Yeah, yeah especially I, I found, I know Ontario adapted probably the quickest to uh, getting sp spirits and beverages in people's homes mm -hmm. uh, versus, unfortunately, where, where we live in Quebec is we have to go through the big boy, the SAQ. Mm, of course, yeah. uh, Whereas I know, you know, Chris, and I'm not sure about yourself, but people could order online, you can just ship it to them directly. Absolutely, of yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we ship through Canada Post. So yeah. anywhere that Canada Post goes, wow. so can our products. It's, uh, it's nice that they're not carbonated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they don't have to be kept cold. So uh, there's that. But uh, we also do local delivery in uh, most of Ottawa, and uh, you can always order for pickup, mm -hmm. you can uh, come in, and uh, I guess what's not on camera right now is our tasting room, right? Yes. So you can come in and, and uh, leverage our experience in making cocktails with these spirits. Uh, you can have the tasting flight, which is what we're doing now, and uh, maybe snack on some charcuterie as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, so as you mentioned, like that's this is kind of your gateway gin, so I guess people who are used to like Tangeray and Bombay, Exactly. It's like, yeah. Oh, I, what's this local stuff? I'm only used to the big guys. And you're like, try ours. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's like, then buy a bottle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, you know, uh, the alcohol in general has mm -hmm. this whole kind of secret history of lobbying behind it. Yeah. And gin especially was uh, defined by the Victorians as London Dry. And they essentially outlawed every other way of producing gin. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, what we've done here is a little more artisanal, a little more closer to what the Dutch were doing before the British even got a hold of it. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Outside the pandemic, what were some other kind of roadblocks and difficulties you ran into creating just the Oham uh, oh brand? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely outside of the pandemic, because that's a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, In the before times, as I like to call it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, setting up a distillery, there's, uh, there is a lot of paperwork and uh, licensing. And one of the biggest things actually is uh, distilleries are still defined as industrial operations. So they have to go into high industrial zones. Uh, and this is just uh, a, you know, a hang on from when you had massive places like Goodrum and Warts, uh, which is uh, Toronto's distillery district now. You know, they, they sprawled whole neighborhoods and they were a high industry, mm -hmm. but now small guys like us are able to set up shop literally anywhere, but the law hasn't kept up with us. Yeah. And so uh, part of this was uh, getting uh, an engineering team together to prepare what's called an alternative solution. So kind of an engineering study that says, yes, distilling is dangerous, but yeah. it's a smaller system. It, you know, we'll have these new modern emergency measures mm -hmm. in place. Uh, you know, we'll cap how much alcohol is stored in here at any given time and then uh, approaching the provincial and municipal governments with that to get them to sign on. So where we are right now is, is zoned as light industrial, which mm -hmm. is, was very convenient and part of that conversation, but it still gets a little bit of foot traffic, yeah. right? It's, it's a really nice plaza and uh, of course we're right next to Evergreen Craft Ales, so there's a lot of synergy 
uh, which we'll come to in a moment, yeah. but also in terms of kind of sharing a customer base, right? Mm -hmm. uh, since the, the pandemic and kind of the reopening, there's a lot of their customers that are returning to the plaza for the first time in two years, which seems like five years, <laughs> yeah, yep. and going, wait a second, this wasn't there before. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's been good that way. Because I know the last time I was at Evergreen Craft before we interviewed Chris was at this just, I think, empty or yeah, maybe a yoga absolutely. studio or something, you know, and, and you got a spa next to you and a marijuana shop. So exactly, I'm sure there's yeah. some sort of traffic, you know, oh, I'm going to go for my spa day. Hey, what's this gin thing? So absolutely. Yeah. And, and the fun part too is actually the spa is licensed and they do carry our gin. Nice. And so as you're having your hair, your nails, yeah. your, you know, whatever work done, uh, you can enjoy one of our gin and tonics on their side of the wall. Uh, the city of Kanata was very welcoming when, when you brought them a business plan? Or? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, um, uh, we had a lot of great small business support mm -hmm. here. The, the counselor was, uh, was very on board and, and willing to help in any way that we could. Uh, there were certainly some conversations that uh, took a while to find the right person, but his office put us directly in touch, right? Like what, uh, uh, his mentality seems to be, you know, why should the government stand in the way of business? Mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which is great from a business owner standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like hearing that when, when neighborhoods or municipalities are like, yes, please, bring. <laughs> we need business here. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. I, I like to say we're, we're, we're trying to make Canada cool, mm -hmm. right? With us, the, the breweries that are opening, uh, all the other things. Because yeah. uh, we, we were for quite a long time known as just a bedroom community of people who work downtown. Yeah. But now we're offering some reasons to stay local and not drive so far. Right? Yeah. You know, instead of uh, driving to downtown Ottawa and then coming back to watch the Senators game, you can just come here first. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah, the Senators yeah. are right there. Exactly. So. You can even leave your car in our parking yeah. lot and walk to the game. So, so. It's even better. Uh, what was the first product you ever distilled yourself? So here, formally, uh, the first batch of gin that we did was the very first thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to make sure that it was the gin, even though it requires a little more work than our pochine, because gin is something that's recognizable. Okay. So we did uh, our opening in September, actually, with only gin on the shelf. <laughs> and then it was another few weeks before we got the Puccine into, into bottles. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we, uh, we actually started uh, not with fully local grains on that first batch of gin. Uh, the hardest ingredient for us to find was corn. Despite the fact that I can throw a stone and hit cornfields, yeah. uh, this where the building is actually used to be a cornfield as well. Uh, but uh, all of it is pre-sold to larger companies, right? Mm -hmm. And so we worked with uh, the farmers um, and uh, the, uh, the mill at Ottawa Valley Grain Products in Carp and put the word out that, hey, here's a guy looking to buy hundreds of kilos of corn at a time. Yeah. Is anybody willing to do business? And they found someone. And so uh, that was what we took. Uh, since that first batch of gin, we've been able to boast that we're 100% Ottawa Valley Grain. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love hearing that stuff. Yeah, because even when we first met you and you were you're so talkative about like you could just I could hear the passion behind your voice about your business. So it's like okay, sa save that for when we interview you. So, <laughs> it's uh, and yeah, you're clearly very passionate about what you do, which is the most important part. Because you know, as I say, yeah, working is not fun, but if you love what you're doing, you don't work a day in your life. So exactly, yeah. It's, that's I'm I'm sure that's more important. Is you wake up and you're like, yeah, off to the distillery. I'm gonna serve some happiness to some people. And exactly, uh, yeah. I'm sure you bust your butt back there to no end, but. Is, and um, I also have a very supportive team as well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still small. We're just really three people. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, the two folks that, that I hired, uh, they, they really picked it up quickly. Uh, I, I hope I'm creating a supportive environment for <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's been great having them. Uh, your, your names you stuck with kind of what you made. Uh, you didn't exactly. come up yeah. with any uniqueness, but your labels, your bottles, and even uh, the 
uh, logo. Mm -hmm. Who kind of came up with all that, that originality? Certainly, yeah. So we, um, uh, my wife is, definitely has a very strong influence on this. Uh, we also worked with uh, Character Creative, who is an Ottawa-based design firm. And uh, I, I gave, uh, uh, I'm not very artistic myself, and so I, I, I expressed my desires. You know, I, I, I wanted this to look like uh, an, an older brand that maybe you had seen before, but you don't quite remember. And, uh, and hopefully then we seem a little more established than we are. Uh, of course, we wanted it to look premium because we're asking people to pay a premium price. Uh, that's, uh, of course, the other side of supporting local is yeah. that sometimes you have to pay a little bit more. Uh, and uh, we wanted it to look very organic, right? We went with, uh, with a, a textured paper label. Uh, the glass bottles actually are 100% recycled. Okay. And cool. uh, unfortunately, not something we were able to find in Canada. Uh, they had to be imported from the states, mm -hmm. but uh, that 100% glass, uh, recycled glass, was was the selling point for us. Was you know, okay, we can't do this Canadian, but we can do it green. Yeah, let's uh, let's stick with that. And so yeah, I'm I'm really happy with with how it came uh, together. We we went through one or two iterations, of course, but this is more or less what the design looked like, and uh, uh, it is working in a way. We do have people come in and they say wait a minute, I've seen this before, yeah. right? Like, aren't you available at such and such place or whatever? And I say, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. we only opened in September and I guarantee you've never seen this before. Yeah. So uh, very happy with, with that, that we achieved that effect. Yeah. Same thing, our, our previous distillery interview, uh, Trois Lac in uh, Salaberry de Valleyfield, uh, that's, that was their selling point is like, yeah, these are the bottles we have. And they're like, they're bottles that are, like, they feel thick, right? Yeah, but it's deceiving. It's the same kind of uh, bottom too, with a little dent in the in the middle. Yeah, uh, it's the same kind of bottle. It's just a little wider, with thinner at the top, and it's okay. okay. Like this is pretty unique, and like yeah, that's one of our selling points. And they have three flavored gins right now. Okay, uh, and then you mentioned like the gin scene in Quebec. It's I can't keep up with it right it's now. It's booming, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of things, and and that's like with this show, we're we're trying to. We believe in diversity in the beverage industry, in the craft industry as a whole. So why not, believe, as our show, have diversity as well by interviewing distilleries and vineyards? Well, vineyards not yet, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, cideries as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's still, it's the whole, like we've said time and time again, it's supporting the local company. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, the distilling scene is still growing in mm -hmm. Canada. And uh, there's, uh, I, I find there's already some talk of uh, this place is better than that place and and i think that you know the uh, general population is trying to make it seem like a competitive environment yeah but we're all very supportive of each other and we see that there is a lot of space especially you know on your liquor shelf yeah. uh, your bar cart whatever it is you have at home uh you know in many cases you need multiple spirits to make a cocktail yep so uh you know why not get out and try things and and uh, really experience for yourself what, what you think is going to work for for your own palate right yeah so, I mean, speaking on, on that general line too, uh, I like to ask, so somebody comes in, uh, picks up a bottle, does a taste of flight. Uh, some other friends, either distilleries, uh, craft breweries, cideries in the area that you highly suggest, even restaurants like how are your brand? Like, I, I come in from Montreal, clearly, I'm, I'm from Montreal, well, not clearly, but I am from Montreal. Uh, I come in for the day and I'm like, oh yeah, I got a few hours to kill. And, okay, check out, clearly Evergreen Craft, we've mentioned multiple times, but exactly, who else yeah. would, would I hit as a, as a craft uh, local supporter? First, a, a, a restaurant. Uh, Jeten. Okay. Uh, they're on Elgin Street, downtown Ottawa. Uh, they were one of our first licensee supporters. 
and they're doing incredible things with our eau de vies. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corey there, who runs their, their bar program, uh, he's, uh, he, he keeps us informed and he keeps in touch and uh, he, he likes our new and crazy things because he gets to do cool cocktails with them. And uh, so uh, they're a big fan of us, we're a big fan of them as well. Uh, of course, you said uh, Evergreen Craft Ales. Uh, we have a collaboration that we're going to talk about in just a few seconds mm -hmm. with uh, Kitchissippi, uh, who are in Bell's Corners. And uh, of course, you've interviewed Paul before. Yeah. Uh, a, a short, funny story is that actually their new brewmaster, who goes by German Phil, <laughs> Uh, lived across from me in residence at university. <laughs> nice. And so we, we actually lost touch after that year. And then I was at Kitchissippi and saw him working there like, wait a second. <laughs> and so uh, through the two of us kind of rekindling that friendship, uh, we, we've, we've uh, accomplished this collaboration we'll taste uh, as the last one today. Yeah. And, um, and then of course, uh, a friend of mine uh, who started a distillery in Val d'Or okay. uh, called Alpha Tango. Uh, and so uh, we, uh, we actually uh, uh, did the same course together in, in BC and we're uh, uh, expressing our, our plans to, to open a distillery uh, or you know, our own respective distilleries. And through our setups, we were always exchanging texts and videos and uh, you know, how are you doing, how are we doing? And uh, uh, they've just been really good supporters of us. Uh, we, we do uh, spirit swaps as well. Cool. And, um, I haven't had the opportunity to go out and visit their place just yet. Uh, Valdor is a bit of a drive from, <laughs> from Ottawa. Just love it. <laughs> but uh, uh, hoping that, that that's in our future very soon. Yeah. That's awesome. Love hearing it. Uh, what's the next beverage we're trying here? Absolutely. So this is our maple eau de vie. Ooh. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, give it a smell. Oh, You'll yeah. get this incredible dolce de leche, a little bit of vanilla. Uh, this spirit is only maple sap. And that's why we get to call it an eau de vie. Uh, it's only made with maple. There's no sweeteners added after the fact. It's actually kind of between a vodka and a white rum, the way nice. that it's, it's come together. And uh, I, again, you know, supporting local, uh, we found um, a sugar shack in Balderson, Ontario, uh, and we're able to explain what we wanted to do. They really understood. Uh, they were kind of the first company we approached that really got it. Yeah. And um, uh, this is something that would be called uh, Acerum okay. in Quebec. Uh, we're not allowed to use that term in Ontario, uh, otherwise we'll get the pants litigated off of us. <laughs> but uh, that's essentially what this spirit is. So fantastic! A toast. toast. Oh yeah, yeah. It's almost like a a lighter maple liqueur. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you know, some people, uh, you know, there's a retronasal effect. Mm. You get a little bit of that maple sap. Uh, again, because it was the sap and not syrup. It doesn't hit you in the face like, wow, this is a maple product. Mm -hmm. And uh, so our, our plans for this are that we just have the one batch right now of, of the unaged. Uh, we released it in Perth at their Festival of Maples this year. And now that we have had our hands on to it, we, we understand uh, uh, how it comes off of our system. We actually want to try to do two, maybe three batches next year where we offer this uh, unaged white eau de vie. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably maybe offer an amber where we sweeten it with a little bit of syrup to become mm -hmm. a liqueur, and then also put a cask down for aging and hopefully release a one-year version of it. Plus, I'm sure approaching a sugar shack after the last two years of them not being able to open to clients and stuff, it's like, we need a lot of this. Well, like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, initially, because you know, uh, it, this is probably our most expensive spirit to make and also yeah. to sell, therefore, and uh, uh, a lot of the producers said, no, 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 there was a maple shortage. We know that we can move all of our stuff as syrup. So mm -hmm. if you want it, 
you have to buy it as syrup at syrup prices. And uh, these guys at Ennis Maple Products uh, realized that, well, hey, if you don't need the syrup, then we don't have to buy wood, we don't have to spend time, we don't mm -hmm. have to do this, we don't have to do that. And uh, so it was the first matchup where, where everybody realized like, okay, this actually makes sense. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, another local company. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and since it behaves kind of like a rum, kind of like a vodka, mm -hmm. uh, we're using it in a pina colada here. Mm. Uh, you can also put it into a white Russian instead of the vodka. It's definitely uh, more domestic and a little more flavorful. We'll have to uh, tell one of our friends who loves white Russians about this. Okay, yeah, I'm absolutely. sure it'll be quite the, the kick <laughs> in his pants that he wouldn't expect and I'm sure he'd love. As, as a Canadian, you're supposed to love maple. It's like, exactly. Like <laughs> um, so uh, I like to, I have to add these caveats, Avi. Um, when you have the time and when it's a little safer where you don't have to wear masks on hours on planes, if you were to take what's kind of um, a booze-based or a distillery-based vacation you'd like to take that you've never taken before. Uh, okay, that I've never taken before. Yeah. So, um, uh, I guess I, I don't know exactly where yet, but uh, I do want to find a destination that is known for a really unique spirit. Uh, I've, uh, I've had the fortune of, of going to Greece and having uh, Mastica, mm -hmm. uh, Metaxa, Sapporo, all those things that you really can't find at the LCBO yeah, here. Yeah. And, uh, and so, with a little bit of research, you know, maybe find myself in Spain or mm -hmm. Portugal or somewhere like that. Um, certainly uh, France as well, uh, uh, which I've, I've never been to uh, of age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, uh, you know, the, the cognac region, for example, you know, how do they work with grapes and, yeah. and really educate? But um, we, uh, we have actually been invited uh, to attend the first ever Puccine Symposium in Dublin. Cool. And uh, awesome. so, exactly, we, we would get to go uh, represent Canada with our Pochine. Uh, it would be adjudicated, so hopefully we come back with a medal in, in one of the categories. Yeah. And, uh, and that is supposed to happen in November. Again, you know, COVID willing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so usually we'll go into collab. So you mentioned the last beverage is a collab. So let's, uh, exactly. let's combine that. Yeah, so this is our beer schnapps. Okay. Uh, this batch, uh, we just rolled into batch two. Uh, batch two was uh, produced with Kitchissippi. Mm -hmm. And so what we did was we took their Boom IPA okay. and ran it through the still. And so now we have this wonderful spirit that's captured all of the hop and malt character. Oh. You know, you get- it smells the, like a beer. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of pine, grapefruit, guava. That is, that's deceiving. Yeah, this is uh, Amarillo and Chinook hops. And that definitely comes through on the nose. Awesome. And um, yeah, it tastes like that first sip of beer. Okay. Well, a toast. toast. It's even like, I know it's my brain, but yeah. it tastes carbonated at the same time. I know it's not, but. <laughs> no, we, we find a lot of people associate this flavor with carbonation. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we started recommending, uh, if you take this home, uh, you can definitely enjoy it neat, but maybe you also want to make a cocktail, definitely try it in a Tom Collins. Cool. You get the volume back, you get that carbonation, a little bit of that sweet lemon mm -hmm. flavor, and then it tastes exactly like a lemon rattler. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's deceiving. And like I said, I know it's my mind that's like this is carbonated like a beer, even though it's not. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's deceiving. And, and yeah, having having that factor is is you could do that. So awesome. Um, oh yeah, I mentioned who created the logo because I, I don't think you mentioned that. I, uh, right. So uh, Character Creative ultimately uh, created that mm -hmm. logo for us. Uh, the uh, the circle and, and the wings around it are just kind of uh, embellishment. But yep. uh, that uh, I, I call it the table shape. Yeah. That, that glyph is the Irish character Ifine. 
And Ephine uh, was eventually anglicized into that accented I okay. in Pochine. Okay. And uh, uh, so Ephine means pine. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of looks like a branch with pine needles on it. Yep. And that's uh, kind of how that alphabet was uh, designed. And uh, I call it the table because it looks like a side view of yeah. the table, but tables bring people together, mm -hmm. right? It's what we gather around, it's where we share stories. And the original concept for the tasting room here was that we would just have one long table, kind of you know, yeah. a, a German banquet yeah. table in a way, which would force you to sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And we would leave some topics on the, the table to get that started. But uh, of course, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure uh, that's, you know, Germany's like, we haven't been able to do the Oktoberfest the last two years. And like, mm. uh, or Bose, well, we'll see now because Bose is now owned by Steam Whistle. It's just like, Please bring back an Oktoberfest, but also let's be respectful of the disease that's spreading around through people's Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did want to mention, do you have any future collabs planned or who you'd like to work with? Absolutely. Well, so the, the beer schnapps, uh, we started, batch one was with Evergreen, mm -hmm. uh, batch two was with Kitchisippi. Uh, we want to keep this as an evolving product so that we can demonstrate how it changes when we have a diff different input beer. So uh, we've, uh, we've had conversations with Whippersnapper, with Calabogie. Uh, uh, small Pony, yep. uh, we, we're putting word out there that if anybody is interested in working with us, we would love to do that. Uh, we do have a, a collaboration that will also return in the fall. Okay. Uh, our first ever collab, which was the, uh, the Cider Eau de Vie. Uh, we took a hard cider from Farmgate Cidery in Arnprior and, uh, and distilled that. And that was our first time ever actually working with somebody else's product as an input. And uh, it was so popular. We released it in November. It sold out by Christmas. And we still have people asking when it's coming yeah. back. Yeah. And I just have to remind them that we're still waiting for apples to grow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so this fall it should be coming back as batch two. Yeah. That, it's it's the same like any any craft beverage I consume. It's like oh I had it. When's it coming back? Well we just sold it. Yeah yeah. But but when's it coming back? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. well we have to. No no. I don't care. I don't want your excuses. <laughs> I want as a consumer. I want now. Right. I mean the consumer they say is always right. We know that's not true. But uh, most of the time. Uh, it, it is it's it's good to have a demand for something that people are so like they're coming here like you said somebody just bought spent way too much money at costco and it's like okay now i need a, a beer to calm down and, right hey what's this distillery or oh hey uh somebody comes from the marijuana or the spa, the spa like somebody's served a cocktail and huh i'm gonna go buy a bottle over there so yeah, that's yeah. You guys seem to be pretty interconnected. I don't know about Absolutely. the martial arts studio bringing over too many people, but... <laughs> we can start there before you <laughs> yeah. come to us. Yeah, yeah we, before we you do... get kicked in the face, come and enjoy a drink. Exactly. So. <laughs> we, uh, we do find that, uh, uh, you know, that there's, there's a vice for everybody here in mm -hmm. a way. And so there are some couples, for example, who arrive. One of them uh, does or does not like beer, right? Yes. Or one of them is into weed, the other one isn't. And so mm -hmm. uh, this plaza certainly offers a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, and I kind of love this area. When, you know, I originally discovered uh, Chris is evergreen, it's like, it's a garage. Weird. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, oh my God, he's finally got a place. And yeah. then come back and now there's you. I'm like, oh, it's great. And who knows, next to be, could be a cidery across the street for all he knows, bringing it from their, their local orchard. So right. it seems there's a chance for expansion in this kind of part of Canada. Absolutely. And yeah. just, I'm sure the draw from the stadium, people must instead of paying for parking over there, which is a nightmare. Exactly. Uh, yeah. As a Montrealer who's gone to events there, it sucks. <laughs> exactly. From now on, now I know I can just come here, I can enjoy a cocktail here, go to the game, come back, 
have a beer while the stadium and whatever else empties out and then head back to Montreal. So, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, what's what's next as, as the brand? So uh, we're, we're here for a couple of years, right? We're gonna try to continue to grow. Uh, I've got some equipment purchases in mind that will hopefully speed up our, our throughput. And um, uh, ultimately, we, we have a dream of, of expanding into a larger um, uh, distilling estate, kind mm -hmm. of the way that you, would, you see in Scotland of those really old established brands. Yeah. Um, uh, have to move a few more bottles of gin before then, but <laughs> uh, we, we do hope to move not too far yeah. uh, when, when we make that jump. And uh, of course, the, the, the Puccine um, is uh, something we didn't cover is actually it's aging into our whiskey. Okay. And so in 2024, that first cask is going to be available as a whiskey. Uh, we had a, uh, a sale just leading up to Christmas of some really small casks. So you could rapidly age the Puccine at home and find out what the whiskey would be. And we're already getting feedback from customers uh, who are now placing deposits for the actual product. That's uh, like, amazing. my God, I need to get my hands on this, right? And yeah. to be able to know that you have a piece of batch one uh, is, is pretty exciting, so. I look forward to the future with, with, with you guys. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you. I find to be back and I may purchase a bottle on my way out today so, <laughs> as I need to support a local company. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I mean, fantastic talk today. Really appreciate you taking time in your schedule to speak with us about the Oham brand um, and everything else that you're clearly very passionate about. I'm glad that we, we're getting your voice out there to our fellow Canadian and American and European consumers. Um, I've got no other questions for you. Let people know where they can find you. Of course, yeah. So of course, uh, you can come to the distillery here in Canada. Uh, we're just across from the Costco, as we said a couple of times. <laughs> uh, we're also at farmer's markets in Stittsville and in Perth. Uh, we're looking to expand further into the city as well. But in the event that you can't meet us at one of those events, uh, you can definitely shop online uh, we ship everywhere that Canada Post ships, so uh, feel free to order one or two of our things, maybe even six, because six is what fits in a box, and uh, let us know what you think. Amazing. And social media, how can people find you? Yeah, so uh, we've kept it nice and simple. It's uh, Ogum Craft Spirits. Uh, Instagram is our, our main social media. Everything gets copied onto Facebook as well, but uh, even before our newsletter sometimes, our new releases, all of our latest, uh, goes out on Instagram first. Awesome. So we're going to add all that in the show notes. As for us, it's allbeerinside.com on the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>